Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, the greatest tag team wrestler of all time, Bully Ray and I talk AEW and NXT. And speaking of NXT, we get into what I think is the best storyline going. The ultimate underdog, Drake Maverick. We get into him on today's edition of the Busted Open Podcast. Also, we have two very special guests. First, Tyrus joins us to share some memories and stories of Shad Gaspard, who he lost at the age of 39. Get some great memories and stories from him. And then we're joined by probably the most unique guest we've ever had on Busted Open, Action Bronson joins us. And if you've never heard of him, you'll know him now, all right now, on the Busted Open Podcast. But I wanted to start today's show off, Bully, with talking to someone that I know is very close to Shad Gaspard. And I want to do that right now to start off a Thursday edition of the show. Let's go out to our good friend who's been on this show many times, Tyrus, who joins us right now. How are you, sir? I'm good. Um, And I just want to say I'm very proud of bully for for giving Bobby Eaton the credit because I was gonna be a little bit you know um, miffed if you didn't give Bobby Eaton uh, the credit as the greatest tag team wrestler of all time. So uh, good for you. Way to be Bobby, humble, man. Proud of you. Bobby Eaton deserves all the glory in the world, and a man of your size and stature should never use the word miffed. Uh, but the man of my size and stature can use the word myth. See, that's for you. <laughs> yes, you are correct. You are correct, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How are you, man? The whole point. Oh, uh, man, I'm I'm good, man. I'm still just trying to figure it all out. You know, um, it was it was tough because I hadn't uh, talked to Shad in in a while because you know how it is with the boys and with the guys that you came up with, you get busy in life and you separate, you know? And, um, I, for probably, we would run into each other pretty much, um, in gold's gym, Venice, every time I was there, um, every time I come into town, it was, I'd go not just to work out, but that's usually where most of my, uh, wrestling buddies would congregate at, you know? So, uh, it was really, and I haven't, because of the, the COVID stuff, I haven't been able to go out to California and uh, working more in New York and stuff. So it had been um, probably almost almost a year since we had seen each other. So I was uh, really just punched in the mouth by it, you know, because 
uh, Shad's kind of invincible uh, in an almost annoying way. Like, the brother was always positive. And you are also in the Hall of Fame for being one of the most grizzled and grouchy wrestlers of all time, especially in the back. Um, and I was following in your footsteps because I was always grizzled uh, or in a bad mood, and Shad just wouldn't allow that. So he would he would drive me crazy all the time with his uplifting um, attitude, even when I didn't want to be uplifting. So uh, it was just kind of one of those things where you're just like, nah, not Shad. You know, anybody else, not Shad. But um, And then you get the reality of it and just kind of, you just kind of reflect and then you think, because you're sad, everyone's sad, you know? But the first thing that popped in my head is I thought of what Shad would be saying about this, and I think he'd be mad at us for being so sad. And, you know, you know that's, you a, that's a reason – I'm sorry to interrupt, but that's that's a big reason why Bully wanted you on the show today because yesterday, obviously, for the two hours that we were on the air, it was very somber, talking to our fans and talking to the nation and, you know, remembering him. It was a very, very somber show. And one of the things that Bully and I said that yesterday was definitely for that because when you hear that type of news, it does punch you in the face, but – one of the things that we wanted to do today was kind of like celebrate his life because somebody, like you said, that is so positive all the time, he deserves that type of tip of the cap. And, you know, you know, could you share a story, like a funny story, something that, you know, that, yeah, that would bring a smile first to everyone's all, face? First of all, he's infamously positive. Like, he, it didn't matter what you had going on you were going to have to talk to him for at least 45 minutes to an hour in a gym. And, uh, bully, you will attest to this. When you go to the gym and you're a body guy like me and bully, we're there to work out and get out. And with Shad, you, that's not happening. You're going to, you're going to touch base on everything. You're going to talk about everything. And then he's going to give you a plan, uh, for what's going on because he was, uh, not just pursuing his, acting career in California. He was also training at Gold's. He was training clients at Gold's too. So you always got a free tra tips on training with Shad, whether you wanted it or not. Um, so it was one of those things where uh, he just never, he never stopped. And it would drive me crazy sometimes when I'm not like, I'm like, I just want to lift or, or whatever. And he just didn't care because we got to catch up. And um, when I think about the first, when I first met, Shad, uh, it was the beast. And, um, we were kind of coming up at the same time. I was in deep South and, uh, crime, him and JTG, uh, were crime time had just started doing vignettes in Louisville. And I was in a group called urban assault. And, you know, I guess we're the two groups are very similar and it was just kind of like which developmental team got ready first. And, um, we had, uh, we're, we were the pretty much the same thing. It was three of us. It was Eric Perez, Sonny Siaki, and myself. And we, you know, uh, wore Timberlands. And I hated wearing Timberlands in the rings. So I thought I was going to roll my ankle every two seconds because they're just not comfortable. And they were coming up doing the same thing. And we were doing promos and this, that, whatever. And then there was a promo where uh, JTG and Chad were working out in a, in a garage. And I'm like, oh, look at this, right? And, uh, 
he was bench pressing a girl while they did the reps. And I looked at Eric and Sonny and said, oh, it's over. We can't stop <laughs> that. Like, I don't care what, what clever thing we got. He's bench pressing. And they're like, well, bench. And then Sonny was like, bench press me. And I'm like, no. And then Perez was like, what if you bench pressed me naked with a fanny pack on? And I thought, what? how is that going to beat Shad and JTG with a woman that just forget it. So with that, Urban Assault died because we just couldn't couldn't touch them. Their their, their promos were great. Perez was creepy, and um, <laughs> it just was kind of they just had it, you know. And uh, they they went and they did their thing, and we had met a couple times, and um, and then it was when I was in. Uh, then we moved to Florida, and that was the first time that him and I actually got together, and. Uh, you know, we had we knew each other the grapevine, and you know, what's up, good. And immediately, he wanted to become my mentor, and um, I wasn't thrilled about that because uh, Shad was always in trouble in the ring. Like he would do things, he would make up his own his own idea of stuff in the ring. He was always headstrong, and that's not. And boy, you'd be the first one to tell you, being headstrong and wanting to do things your way with the, how the pecking order is and what the vets want to do isn't always the best uh, formula. You know. Uh, you get what they call a lot of heat. He loved being in heat. It was like his thing. Uh, most of us avoided it like the plague. Shad just didn't care. And uh, I used to throw pay-per-view parties uh, at my house and be like me, TJ Wilson, and uh, Sonny, and a bunch of the guys, and and Shad showed up. And uh, him and I were were shooting the shit, and he was telling me about stuff dude, to get on the road and have him in my back and maybe be a third member. I, I, You know what? I don't know if you went through this, Bully, but I was always asked to join groups. Always like, hey, you're going to be a part of this group, and you're going to be, um, what was it, Matt Stryker wanted to be a part of his class uh, group, and then the Pope tried to get me to be a part of his vampire flock or whatever that thing was, and um, uh, Shad was talking about them maybe adding another member to um, uh, what should we call it? Crime time. And I was kind of struggling with not feeling like I was ready to go, but not really having any direction. And he decided to give me some wrestling lessons at the party by showing me how to do a bear hug as if, and, um, he was, uh, at this time, Mark Henry was wrestling in the ring during the pay-per-view and Chad says, you know what you need to do? You know what you need to do? And I said, what do I need to do? He's like, stand up. And he's like, you snapped this bear hug on him, right? And just shake him around. And he was showing me different ways of doing it. And two big brothers hugging on It just looks like he's just hugging on me. And as I'm looking over his shoulder, Mark Henry's doing the same thing in the ring. And I was like, yeah, I don't think this is going to work, man. And he's like, why? It's a bear hug. It's a great move. I'm like, yeah, Mark Henry's doing it. He's like, okay, yeah, that's stupid. Don't do that. Don't do that. How about this? You pick a dude up, hold him on your chest, and drive him, drive him to the ground. I was like, uh... All right, cool. Just what? Just catch him like like he goes for a high cross body, catch him and drive him straight down. He's like, yeah, man. That's just... literally Mark Henry did it thirty seconds later. And I was like, Shad, man, um, these are all Mark Henry's moves. And he was like, Oh yeah, yeah. Don't do any of that. Never mind, man. I don't know. You just figured it out. <laughs> I was like, you just you just hugged on me for like. Cause for ten minutes, man, he was like, "There's nothing wrong with that." Like, yeah, but yeah, but he was like, "Yeah, but it should look good, though, right?" And I'm like, 
I don't know, TJ, what do you think? It, TJ just looked off, you know, we just, and that's who Shad was, man. And then uh, we kept in touch after that. Oh, and he turned me on to, whenever he was in Florida, we would go to a restaurant and have uh, buffalo uh, burgers. He was all about buffalo and eating clean. And then always had a phone call right around the time the bill came. Always. Like, oh, man, I got to take this G. I'll be right back. I, what, what, what do you need from me? And there wouldn't be enough time to react and say, well, the bill was 35 or whatever. He's like, I got to take this. And he'd go outside, and then I'd be like, this motherfucker stuck me with the bill again, man. Like, that's who he was always messing with you. He was always ribbing you. He was always, didn't matter what the situation was, he would have something funny to say. And I guarantee you, if he was able to talk to us right now, and we'd be talking about the heroicness of him saving his son, Shad would then come back and be like, yeah, but I blew the spot. I'm not here anymore. Wow. You know, wow. that's that's who Shad was. Shad would be like, I saved my son, I'm a hero, but then blew the spot and got caught up in, in, in the undertow. And you would at first not know how to react. But then those who was close to Chad would laugh our ass off because that's what Shad would do. All the all the the mourning and, and sadness he would not tolerate because that's not who he was. But at the same time, you have to recognize this dude is the ultimate hero forever. Because how many people in that situation would have done what he did? How many people would have just held on to that lifeguard? You know, like, that's, that's who he was because he was fearless in life. He said whatever he wanted to, whether you wanted to hear it or not, or whether you hoped he didn't say it or not. Because that's who, who Shad was, man. He gave zero fucks about what anybody thought. He really did. And in wrestling, that's rare because most of us are paranoid about what everybody thinks. And Bully uh, will tell you, you come back through the curtain, how was my match? How was my match? How did I do? You know? Yeah, that's what we call chasing the hug. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Shad would have been like, follow that. Even if it wasn't good. Even if he had a bad match, he'd be like, follow that. You're 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 completely right when you refer to him uh, as a hero. There's no doubt that that man saved his son life and we can always look at him in his final moments and have the word hero you know just roll off our tongues because i i think that's the best way to describe him um tyrus we appreciate you coming on this morning we appreciate you speaking some positivity and shining some light on what a great man shad was uh before we leave i just want to put you in your place real quick i might be grizzled but i was never grouchy i was always in a good mood it was my resting bitch face and i can't help it you literally every one of your statues will have a frown on it <laughs> the only saving grace that you had is you had way better calves than Tommy Dreamer. That's the only thing that would always keep your head up is if you felt bad, Tommy would walk by and you'd be like, you know what? It's not that bad. That's the only only saving grace. Dear God. Tyrus, you're you're right, you. though. You're right. <laughs> Tyrus, thank you so much for the time. Thank you so much for the stories and the memories. We, we truly, truly appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. All right. 
Your home for all things combat sports is Sirius XM Fight Nation. Start your day with Hall of Fame Pro Wrestling Talk on Busted Open. Respect these men and women that build the business. Then, the Barack Show keeps you up to date on all things boxing. Boxing is the theater of the unexpected. And MMA guru, Luke Thomas, has you covered for mixed martial arts. Joe Rogan is the most important influencer in all of MMA. The fight game broken down like nowhere else. Only on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. When you look at AEW and NXT, look at NXT from last night. And again, the big story is Drake Maverick. Drake Maverick gets the surprise win and is now going to be involved in a triple threat next week on NXT next Wednesday. Uh, That story continues and you still don't know the future of Drake Maverick. Unfortunately, the the lightning that Drake caught in the bottle on social media when he was crying his eyes out, they got 2.6 million views, has kind of tailed off a little bit. Last night, I thought they got a little bit of it back. Yes. Now we're getting that three-way. I want to see Drake win. I want to see his redemption, redemption story. I want to see WWE change their mind on this guy and if they haven't changed their mind on this guy i want to see drake maverick go out there outside of the world of the wwe and shove it up their ass and show them why they made a mistake if they did in fact make a mistake yeah and i love especially moro moro was really money last night Bully, as far as telling the story, hey, he's fighting for his career. His career is on the line. And kind of like, hey, you know what? He's somebody that is either got a future or has no future at all with NXT and the WWE. It's a great story to tell. It's a story that we said, hey, this is what they need to use. And they're using it right now with Drake Maverick. And it gives you a reason and an interest in this Cruiserweight Championship tournament. Because outside of Drake Maverick, I really don't have an interest in this Cruiserweight Championship tournament because how a lot of these Cruiserweights are used on Monday Night Raw. Drake Maverick is doing that, and it's really helping out NXT right now, Bully. Um, To me, it's one of the most intriguing stories there. Uh, Maybe I'm a little bit more into it because I'm I'm genuinely a fan of the guy. I think Spud is is a great dude. I think he's a great performer. I think he does a great job with anything that's handed to him. There are other things in NXT catching my eye right now, especially Karrion Kross. Okay. Uh, Scarlett Bordeaux, obviously, you know. Big plans and the announcement last night of Cross versus Ciampa, that should be just a stiff fest right there. Those guys are going to be laying it in. And I loved it. And, and, and you talk about grabbing someone's attention. And we talk about how these two shows have to do that segment by segment so people don't sh- shut off one show and turn on the other. You give me Karrion Cross and that stare down with Ciampa at the beginning of NXT last night. First of all, starting the show with Karrion Cross and that amazing entrance that we talked about a couple weeks ago, that grabs your attention because it really is maybe one of the, the best ent- entrances in the WWE right now. Boy, you talk about the art of a presentation. For those who don't know who Karrion Cross is, to see that presentation with Scarlett, that jumbotron with that video and the way they entered the ring and that song too, it is mesmerizing. And that is a way you get a new superstar over bully. 
I love what you and that is the way you get a new superstar over. That's the see what happens when they invest in something. When they want to get something or somebody over, that's what they do. And this is what what I wish they could do for everybody. Is that realistic? Absolutely it is, because there was a time in that company where the where the objective was to get everybody over. The old joke back in the day was even Kai and Ty had a story to tell. It's true. Boxing, culture, lifestyle. The Yakin Barak Show. Floyd Mayweather a while back was kind of discrediting young fighters that are calling Manny out. And that's what Floyd's about. That's why Floyd fought Conor McGregor. Because it's business. It's about making the biggest payday. All these fighters want to fight each other. But there's a reason they call him out, Manny. And you can't blame him, especially after the win he had against Keith Thurman, man. It's a business, man. It's prize fighting. Weekdays from noon till 3 Eastern. Sirius XM Fight Nation, Channel 156. You can watch Fuck That's Delicious that's on every single Monday at 10 p.m. Eastern Time on Vice TV. Why are you giving me a look? Because I got a problem with our guest already. Why? I got a problem with him already, and I know you want to give him the big introduction and talk about the new season of his show, season four of Fuck That's Delicious, where all we do is smoke dope and eat food all over the world, and we're all big fans of Action Bronson. He's a great rapper. He's, he's got a new album out about dolphins and this, that, and the other thing, but he's on the show. I can see him right now, and he's wearing a Tommy Dreamer hat. Wow. Ugh. Just found it. I just found it in the box right now. The innovator of violence. <laughs> What's going on, bro? How you doing, brother? I'm feeling amazing. I'm happy to be here. Very happy uh, to be here. We're happy to have you. I'd like to introduce you to the uh, my co-host for today, Dave LaGreca. Dave, how are you, man? How are you, sir? A pleasure having you on for a first time on Busted Open. And honestly, I was surprised to hear... Are you that brother you were... to Don LaGreca? Yes, that's my brother. Don's my brother. Yep. Why are you laughing, Bully? I love it. Because <laughs> I'm popping that he's already putting over your brother. He knows your they, brother, but not you. Well, he knows me now, okay, Bully? He knows me you. now. I there know you go. both. How you feeling? Thank you for now, having me. You got it. Now, I was, I was surprised because Tommy Dreamer is also a host here on Busted Open, Mark Henry as well. And I was very surprised that you chose to come on when Bully was hosting a show because I know – that you were at the Elks Lodge in Queens and the guy scared the shit out of you. I thought for sure you were going to come on with a different host other than Bully Ray. Never. Are you kidding me? This is after that. I already loved him before that. After that, they solidified the love forever. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> that day made me realize that this man is not playing games. <laughs> You know, I, listen, I don't want to I want I want to talk about you. I want to talk about your show. I want to talk about your album. I want to get into all that. But it is a wrestling show. And so for our wrestling fans, let's just get it out of the way. Why don't you tell the story about the first time we met? <laughs> I was about 13 years old. Elks Lodge. Every you know, I was always online first. My mother would drop me and my friend John Paul Solano off. Me and my boy Mikey Spears and Mikey Opac, you know, Queens Boulevard, of course. We get dropped off in the green Grand Cherokee. And I was there early all the time. So I'd see everybody coming in and I would always run in as soon as they let us in. And I see you and Devon just wandering around underneath by the general admission area. I guess this is right before. 
I had just bought in, uh, some best of death matches in Japan tapes. I bought a Sabu shirt. I bought a Dudley Boy shirt. I got a New Jack shirt. I'm just walking to my seat trying to get to the best part because, you know, third row was general admission, the Blasey Ford, you know? If you say the Blasey Ford to somebody and they don't know, they don't know. <laughs> they don't know. <laughs> they don't know. That's where you got the ECW tickets, the Blasey Ford Northern Boulevard. Also, there was a spot in Bay on Bell Boulevard in Bayside to get him. So I'm over there, and I fucking, oh, shit, that's fucking Bubba. That's D-Bomb, man. And he, I go, yo, yo, Bubba, Bubba, get the fuck out of here, you little fat fuck. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> and I was just like, yes! <laughs> I love the, the Dudley Boys, my favorite tag team of all time. Bubba, one of my favorite humans of all time. I mean, Joel Gertner. Where is he? I miss Joel. I talk to him on Twitter sometimes. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure what happened to Brother Joel, but he was uh, obviously he was very, very entertaining. And I've always appreciated you very first and foremost for just being a great ECW fan. And I'm really, really happy for your success. I think the first question I have is, like, how did this all start for you with this show? Because I, I've joked around today about it. You get paid to smoke and eat some of the greatest food all over the world with your best friends. Like, how did I miss this opportunity? <laughs> I never, I never got the job application for this. I'd rather do that than get cracked over the head with steel chairs for the rest of my life. Man, it all stemmed from that. I guess that, all, that upbringing that I had just, it really, really, really like prepped me for hanging out for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? Like, all I wanted to ever do was just hang out for the rest of my life. And it, my dream came true through rapping somehow. I was in the kitchen working, you know. Like, I, my hobby on the side was rapping because a friend of mine kind of got me into it. It was never anything serious. But the cooking was always serious and wanting to uh, tour the world and eat at all these different places was always what I wanted to do. It just came through a different, you know, lane. I ended up being a rapper somehow and fucking that taking off and 360 brought into my, my, all my other, my side interests, smoking weed and chilling, eating with my friends, fucking talking shit. You know, all that stuff came to what you see in front of you right now in the Tommy Dreamer hack. <laughs> <laughs> how, how are you dealing with these last few months? Because you're somebody who travels, performs in front of people. How you been dealing with these last few months? I lost a lot of fucking money. There's no doubt about it. I lost a lot of money. I had two tours set up. I had a tour set up in America that was 30 shows in a row. And then a you know, 10 show run in Europe. But all those shows, there's like four or five festivals where the big money is, you know, in the summertime yeah. in Europe. You know... You, what, what can we do? I'm, you know, I, I don't know who to go to and, you know, fucking put a knife to their neck for my money. I don't know. So I just have to deal with it and just adapt like everybody else is and just keep it moving. I don't know what else to do. All I know is to, all I know is to move forward. Keep moving forward. I still I, I have all my plans intact. You know, my album that I was working on in the beginning of the year is ready to go. Hopefully July sometime. Fuck, that's delicious. This show has been filmed since last year. I've been fucking, you know, going back and forth, fighting with these people, begging to get this shit put back on because they switched their entire channel 
from being, you know, like a cool channel to being like just news shit. Yeah. So it's I'm just happy that things are back in motion. I'm on television. I got a movie coming out with Pete Davidson, Judd Apatow. It's called uh, King of Staten Island. I was in The Irishman. I've been doing a whole bunch of fucking shit, you know? I just keep myself busy. Every day I think of something new. Every day I'm 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 grinding away, you know? I'm grind just lost 60 fucking pounds. I was three fucking sixty-three, bully. That's okay. I was four oh two. Holy shit. I looked at the camera. I didn't know what to fucking do. I'm five eight. I'm five eight and a half. I'm like a fucking SpongeBob SquarePants over here. And I, you know, like I just I just lost 60 pounds. I'm down to 300, 303, 304. I feel good. I'm drinking green juice. I'm about to take steroids. I feel great. God bless you, brother. God bless you. You're, wait, if you're 302, that's you're probably about seven or eight pounds lighter than Dreamer is right now. That's crazy. That's fucking animal. <laughs> he always loves to wear a good sweatpants. I know that. Oh, yeah. He wears sweatpants in, yeah, in and out of the ring. Hey, which do you... Uh, it seems like your music career, your food career, like it seems like to take up equal time. Is there one that you enjoy more than the other? Because you I mean, seem I, to have a blast on that TV show. There's no doubt about that. I, I have a blast at everything I do in life. I don't know. I just like, I enjoy things. I enjoy life. I enjoy being alive. I like, I'm very aware. I'm very spiritual. I just enjoy being here and present now. Getting to talk to one of my heroes right now. You know what I mean? Like, this is, this is not, you know, shit. I don't take shit like this lightly, you know? I've learned to live in the moment more. But, um, you know, I also paint a lot, which that actually takes up more of my time than either of those things. And that's for pure pleasure and for pure therapeutic reasons. Obviously, I love traveling the world and eating, but I like to connect them. I like when I go on tour and I go rap for everybody. I always, you know, we, we, we trail me and we film everything. And it's a t that's what it is in its entirety. It's pretty much a full spectrum of music, food, life, culture, art. There's all kinds of nuances of things that go on in these shows and in my daily day. Wow, to so hear no. that uh to hear that I'm a hero of yours is is a lot to take. <laughs> I I appreciate that. Coming from you that means a lot to me. Uh first of all, what a blessing to be able to to wake up and know that what you're going to do that day is something that you truly have a passion for and you love. You know, is there some other goals that you have in mind? Is there other things that you would like to do outside of what you're doing right now? Um, you know, my goals, I, I go day by day, but I do have, I, I definitely want to be in more film and I want to, I want to create more stuff like that. I want to create film and create documentaries and stuff like that on shit that I like. You know what I mean? My special interest, my, you know, my, my little niche, uh, other than that, I'm very content. I'm very happy. I want to continue doing the music. I love making music. I love, you know, I love everything about this shit. I love traveling. I love performing mostly. You know, getting out there and performing for the people is really where, where you know, the, watching you guys, watching you growing up and really learning how to perform. Is I, I, I tell everybody that I learned how to perform by watching ECW and fucking watching wrestling and watching, you know, 
early WWF shit. That's really how you perform. You got to really sell it. There's passion involved, no matter, you know, no matter what, even though it's pageantry, you're still, I really get into that zone. I get into these moments. This is really, I put myself out there. I put everything out there in front of you every time I perform. So I really like to give people their money's worth. It's really awesome to hear you to say that in the word passion, because I see the passion in you, in your show, when you're out there with your friends and how much you truly appreciate everything. I hear the passion in your music and to know that you learned to appreciate passion by coming to ECW shows. Uh, seriously, it really resonates with me because it's like, wow, here is this guy that was a fan who saw what it was like to create the, these moments that, that stayed with him for a while. Now he took that into his own realm and applied it to his music and applied it to his, you know, TV show. Um, It's really cool to hear, bro. You're not just traveling the world, eating pizza and cheeseburgers. You're eating like some of the best of the best food out there. Um, Are you, are you a foodie? So to speak, do you appreciate the finer dining? Well, you know, foodie is such one of those weird words. You know, I just, I grew up in the restaurant industry. My, you know, my family had a restaurant growing up in Forest Hills, Queens. And um, I see how hard they worked and I see what they put into it. My grandmother making food every day, you know, that she brought back from her homeland, you know, from Albania and from Kosovo. And they they traveled with that and that defines them, that food, you know? So I like, it's just deeper than just the taste of it. It's actually, that defines people and it defines where people are from, you know? And I just have a passion for that type of thing. I don't know. Yeah, I love delicious tasting things, but I love when something means so much to somebody else that they really just need to like get it out there and show you like, a winemaker that has nothing else to do and on his mind but or on her mind to just work the land and make these grapes taste as delicious possible for everybody to enjoy. You know, somebody who just takes pleasure in, in olive oil or just takes pleasure in vinegars or is just a, a, a gardener. I don't know. It's just these like these little sections of the earth. They have all these specialty things, you know, Someone who just cares about making knives, and he's just—I love to gather all of the, all the, all these people and all of these energies and thoughts, and and live through them. I think there's nothing better than food to show somebody's culture, and on the flip side, show some passion that that they have in what they do. And it doesn't have to be somebody that works at a restaurant. They can do it in their own home. Like Absolutely. that's really, you know, they can show that, that, that passion and the love and the caring that they have. And, you know, um, it's, it definitely needs to be appreciated. I'm glad you said that. Cause it's so true. You really find out people's cultures and stuff through food. And I Absolutely. think that really brings people together in a lot of ways. Yeah. You see where they eat food. You see where the food comes from. You see where they grow it. You know, you see their traditions, um, I grew up in a house where my, my food was made for me three times a day from a very ethnic grandmother. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Albanian grandmother making three times a day food, bread twice, you know, it, it, it puts something it installs something in you that you don't realize, I guess, until you get a little bit older and then you're, 
you know, you want to give that back or you want to continually search for that feeling and just discover more and more and more what, what it was really like, the immigrant struggle and, you know, just seeing what other people do. So See, Bully, you're on- that's why I'm sorry, boy. That's why when I eat my wife's pierogi, I take my time eating the pierogi. I make sure I taste every inch of that pierogi. I don't just stuff it in my mouth. Take your you time. You taste the Enjoy soul it. of Poland in that pierogi. That's right. Oh, man. oh yeah. <laughs> Action. You should taste LaGreca's wife's pierogi. Easy, bully. Oh, my Lord. What? Easy, you just bully. brought it up, not me. Easy, Is it bully. a potato pierogi or what, what kind of pierogi? Oh, you can. Yeah, it could be a little bit of the potato. It could be a meat pierogi. You don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> you never know. So, you never know. <laughs> so, all right. You're in season four of Fuck That's Delicious. Uh, it's we such a be fun show. Season 10, for God's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's for such a fun Lord show. Thing. You get to travel all over the world with your best friends, with your boys, and eat food. You're also a huge wrestling fan, so I want to know. If you could substitute your boys for any three women in the wrestling business and travel the world with any three women in the wrestling business and eat all over the world and wine and dine all over the world with any three women in the wrestling business, who would it be? Mm, My lord. Past the present, right? It doesn't matter. Don't matter. Huh. I'm going to go with Sensational Sherry. Okay. Just because she, she's a ride or die. You know, she has that evil eye. She'll def- she'll love you and she'll fuck somebody up for you. <laughs> you know, she's the one that holds the knife in her purse. It's very true. Yeah. Um, who else? Let's see. Hmm. Jazz. I don't know why I picked jazz, but just jazz. She seems like fun. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. And, and who's uh, been your? And, and do you have like a favorite female of all time in the wrestling business? I, I or like, one that you like just thought lot. was hot as balls? Hot as balls. I mean, I thought I, when I was young, Sonny was the hottest one around. You know what I mean? She always, she always knew how to get you hard. You know, for some reason, she always got everyone hard. 13 years old, that's really what happened. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, you don't have to apologize. That's okay. Uh, but yeah, you know, Sonny and then uh, uh, Beulah. Beulah McGillicuddy. Well, yep. Yep. Beulah was, I can't talk about Beulah. She was one of my yeah, best friends. Yeah. So, but you know. Yeah, I mean, I love Beulah. I love, I love the ECW women, Francine. They were fucking next level. They were. They were. They were. Um, you mentioned the Irishman before. You had that scene with Robert. What was it like doing a movie scene with, you know, possibly the greatest actor of all time? It was like watching the FBI wrestle. It was the same shit. <laughs> it was full-blooded Italians in there. That's it. It's like <laughs> was I it was intimidating? To, it's, like, it's like I was talking to Smothers in there. <laughs> No. So wait, kind of walk us through what it's like to be in a scene with De Niro. It was next level. It's, uh, you know, I was, I was a little nervous going over there. They had my, I had my own trailer. I got high for like four hours straight <laughs> before I did the scene. They came and got me. I went and did the scene, which was right on Greenpoint Avenue, real close, still in, on the Queen side, right off the LIE. And, uh, 
yeah, I was comfortable. I feel like I was supposed to be there, you know? Shit ain't nothing. But he busted my balls a little bit, De Niro. He got me shook up. You know, I fucked up the scene a couple times because, you know, I'm not like a fucking actor. I'm not trained here. So he's like, kid, come over here. You're fucking up this whole scene. What are you doing? And I go, bro, I'm so sorry. He goes, ah, don't worry. I'm just fucking with you. And that (laughs) broke me out of everything. Martin Scorsese goes, all right, action, action. And he starts fucking (laughs) cracking up to himself. It's like, I always wanted to say that. So they made me feel right at home. All the crew were big fans of mine. So I was like, yeah, fuck. It's like I'm, it's like I'm Joe Pesci in here. I mean, think about that, Bully. He's working with Robert De Niro and Martin Scorsese. And if for those who haven't seen the movie, I think your scene's in hour seven of the movie. So <laughs> if they go back and watch it, you can find that scene. It's the most important scene of the movie. It really shows you that no one gives a fuck about an old gangster. Yeah, you know, you're he, right. He was going through it. He was really like... He had nobody to tell his stories to. Everyone was dead. Everyone was dead around him. He had that ring, but what the fuck? No one knew what the hell that meant. No one cared. Yeah. Just he was obsolete by the end. You know, that's really what it was showing. And yeah. Obsolete. Obsolete. Hey, what are you watching these days wrestling wise? You're watching Raw, SmackDown, uh, Dynamite, NXT? To be honest with you, I'm just reliving all the. I was just watching uh, One Night Stand the other day from 2005. That was really good. Um, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I haven't had lots of time to watch wrestling these days. I, I, I dedicate all my time to mixed martial arts and to old wrestling to relive my youth and my my glory days. You know, I still, other than I ECW, I, other than ECW, what 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 older federations or what were your glory days for wrestling? What do you what do you like other than ECW? I mean, obviously, I love WWF. I grew up a wrestling fan from when I was a kid, from 19, in the 80s. My grandfather used to buy me those big the rubber toys that stood up. I still have them in the, in, the, in the shower. I used to shower with them. Now my little son is showering with them. So it's pretty amazing. I got Junkyard Dog in there. I got Coco Beware. I got Big John Stud. I think I have a Dory Funk. I'm not sure if it was well. It's one of the cowboys. He has chaps on, a green chaps, and a fucking red bikini. Yeah, that's uh, Terry Funk. Why How did you forget Terry, Terry Funk? Boring? I'm not sure. It was one of them. I got Piper in there. I'm just, I have a lot of old wrestling shit, man. I, I love wrestling since I was a kid. My grandfather loved it from his day, you know, and I. It, it just, it, it's going to continue in my family. Uh, I think so a lot old of people. Federations, I love. I love all the old shit. I love Nitro, all the WCW shit from back then. I love the stuff from earlier on, like Vader, and when they had like three ring world wars, like some crazy shit inside the cage, inside with three rings. That was all next level shit. <laughs> and I, th- I think a lot of people right WWF, now are kind of doing obviously. the same. Sorry, but go ahead. No. It's- it's all right, man. You're the guest. I was getting uh, hyped. You know, I used to have a fucking chip in the PlayStation to watch the old dub, to watch the old, uh, I mean, to play the old Japanese video games on PlayStation. We take that shit to Main Street and Flushing. They put the fucking chip in it and you'd be able to play all the fucking foreign games. You know, what, we've you know broken a record today on the show. You know that, right? Uh, you know what's gonna happen, Bully? He's gonna like when this when this interview's over, he's gonna call his friends and say, "Hey, uh, I just did a show with Bully Ray and Don Lagreca." 
<laughs> I already told him yesterday. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Great stuff. Great stuff. Hey, man, they knew again, I was coming on with Bully. They didn't know I was yeah. coming on with a LaGreca. Hey, man, we're all over the place, brother. Do you get to listen to? Do you know my brother? Have you been on with my brother? You listen to my brother? Uh, I don't listen to the. I don't like the Michael K show, but I fucking. Oh, wow. <laughs> I like right Don. under the bus. No, I like Don. I'm a I'm a WFAN guy. Like I like Joe Beningo. That's who I listen to. Oh, he's bitching about the Jets right now. Uh, uh, that's exactly what he's doing. I'm a fucking disgruntled Jets fan, a disgruntled oh. Knicks fan, oh. and a very happy Yankees fan. Oh well, you, you need something to kind of like clean your palate. I know. Dear God, you must love pain. Jeez, Louise, a Jet I, and a Knicks fan. Do you not like champions? Do you not like watching championship um, games? <laughs> well, what do you want me to do? What do you think the Giants are any better? Yeah, they've what, a couple. They've years, been a so super. They've won Super Bowls for crying out loud in the last thirty years. Uh, Action! You right, gotta forgive. You, you gotta forgive him. He's a Cowboys fan. Joy that much better. Action! Right. You gotta forgive Lagreca. He's a Cowboys fan. Oh. Oh, what the hell? Where are you from? You're from Dallas? No. No, it's America's team. It's America's team. He's team. He lives it's in the America's shadows team. of New York City. He lives in Jersey he's and he's a, a cowboy With the fan. shadows of New York City. Oh, my God. Where do you live? Fucking Manalamac or something? What is that called? Manalapan? <laughs> Manalapan? No. A more northern New Jersey. Fair lawn. You know, we got the nicest lawns in any uh, in any town. In Bloomfield Jersey. Avenue? <laughs> not, not far from Bloomfield. Man, this was a lot of fun. We got to get you back on again. That's it? I mean, do you want to go longer? I'm fucking having a good time. Come on. <laughs> How many hours of the day are you not high? Not many. Only, I mean, I was sleeping <laughs> high. I'm high. The thing is, this is, this is a way of life. This is a way of life. My, I'm actually so fucking wired up that I need this to be normal. Have you, you know ever smizzed I mean? with any of the boys? What does that even mean? Have you ever smoked with any wrestlers? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I chilled with RVD, man. He's been on the show a couple times. Sabu was on the show. He, I had the show called uh, Action Watches Ancient Aliens, where we were just watching Ancient Aliens and getting high. You know I had to have Sabu on there. He came on with Genie. He was wearing his full garb. He's fucking getting high, taking dabs, wearing the fucking headdress. It's like it's surreal <laughs> shit. Then RVD out of nowhere fucking gives somebody a frog splash off the couch. Sabu throws a chair across the room. Like, it's this is the type of shit I love. So, wait, in wrestling, RVD is like the be-all and end-all of all smokers. Like, him and the Godfather are right up there. Were you able to hang with RVD? Hang? There's not a fucking person on earth that can hang with me. <laughs> really? Nah, I don't smoke weed. I smoke pure, potent water hash. This is literally when you see the High Times magazine and you see all those little bubbles on top of the weed leaf. I'm only smoking that. I don't. So that's smoke good stuff. Matter. Huh? So that's good stuff. Oh, it's the fucking purest ever. It's like smoking fucking gold. Look, like we gotta smoke gold one like day on the show. Electronics. Uh. It's like smoking fucking computer chip. I sm I suffer from lack of funds. I can't smoke gold. Action will get us you some good stuff, gold. man. You could come to Brooklyn to my studio and we could get fucking high as you want to. Let's do hey, it. Let's do I'm it. Ready. Let's do it. I'm, I'm ready. Let's go get you know, high like and eat all day long. 
Can we I do mean, that with the no safety doubt. distancing, you know, the whole shit that's going on? I'm all good. I've been fucking inside for months. I feel fucking fine. I've been perfect. <laughs> all right, Paulie, you and I, man. Let's go to I Brooklyn. lost 60 pounds in this shit. I haven't been sick one time. How, what am I supposed all right. to think here? Here's what we're doing. The next time you film... that. That tells you something. Aren't we all? So the next time you film an episode of that show, you got to have me, LaGreca, Dreamer, and Mark Henry. We're all going to smoke the, oh, the, the gold. We're smoking the gold, and we're going to, like, your favorite spot to eat. And we're just going to eat you, until I'll we pass out. take you to the out. fucking farm. We'll kill whatever animal you want. We'll take the vegetables out of the ground. We can do everything from scratch. I mean, like, I, don't, fit, I don't want to work. Fit. <laughs> and put an entire fucking animal. I'll do it. I'll dig right. the hole and put the animal in it. Cover You're going to dig the hole? Ain't the first hole I ever dug. I ain't got no lime. I'm not digging the hole. I got no lime. I'm a good host. Uh, I know you are. I can't wait to hang we'll with you again. We'll drink wine. We'll get high. I'm I'm down. All right. The name of the I'll show spray is you with fuck. fucking, I'll spray you with the hose a little bit. I like it. Nice. with the hose. What do you think my wife does? Again, the name I mean, of the show is... I, had, that's, I have a mister. Oh, I put mist. it on mist and I just leave it and I run through it. <laughs> you know, yeah, because you got to be cool at all times. Men of our stature don't do good with heat and humidity. You, you don't have uh, a slip don't inside. Humidity. That's what the mist is for. All right, it drops the Look, temperature about twenty degrees. And a lot of baby powder. And the name oh, of the, the, the name of the show. The name of the show is Fuck That's Delicious. It airs every Monday at 10 p.m. Eastern on Vice TV. Man, uh, action. It's been an awesome time. And you can catch time. all the old episodes on Hulu, on demand. You can catch me in The Irishman. You can catch me in the new King of Date. Well, I don't even know. What the fuck is the movie called? King Fucking of Long Pete Island? Davidson, The King of Staten Island. Oh, King of Staten Island. Directed by Judd Apatow. <laughs> And don't forget, only for dolphins. Oh yeah, a new album coming out, only for dolphins. Check out all the rest of my albums, all fucking twelve of them. Get familiar. Go watch old ECW, the Blasey Ford. You know, I don't know what else. Everybody, Elks Lodge, Goldfingers. Um, <laughs> all right, that's where we're ending it. That's it. No more. No Action, more. Rossi. That's it. Cut. 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 Thank you so. <laughs> thank you so much, Dreamer. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell him we said hi. Thank you so Take much care, for the time. Everybody. We really appreciate Thank it. You. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.